Welcome to Season 2 of the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program brought to you by Fundraising University. Coaching Matters is a nonprofit foundation whose primary purpose is to help coaches, athletes, and activities directors succeed in their programs, schools, and communities. Fundraising University works to help you raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of interference to support coaches, activities directors, in enhancing the student-athlete experience and life skill development that's a critical component of our educational system. Every month, Fundraising University brings you a live group coaching session around mastering mental performance, creating championship culture, and developing the leadership skills you need to succeed. Be sure to apply to be part of Coaching Matters Season 2 at coachingmatters.org. Again, apply to be part of Season 2 at coachingmatters.org. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, the host of the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program, sponsored by Fundraising University, and here today with Steve Smotherman Jr. He's a mental performance mastery coach. He's the creator and author of the Bring the Juice program, and today Steve is going to bring the juice talking about spirituality and coaching mental performance. He's one of the top in the country when it comes to the blend of spirituality and mental performance and talking about how well those are aligned to give us the best chance for success, both on the field and in life. And first, I want to just start off by thanking our sponsor, Mike Bahoon. He's the founder and CEO of Fundraising University. And we'd like to take time to say thank you to any current Fundraising University coaches or administrators who are joining us on the call today. As you know, Fundraising University is the top high school fundraising company in the United States, helping to raise over $150 million for programs since its inception in 2009. Steve, Fired up to have you here today, man. Thanks for joining us on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program. Hey, thanks for having me, Kaner. You're the man, Coach Bahoon. Thank you for the invite, guys. I'm excited to be here to talk about bring the juice, spirituality, mental game. I mean, that's that's what I live. Yeah, you know, and, and you live it, you live it with your actions, you live it with your words, man. I mean, I listen to your sermons. Uh, you know, I try to get them every week, and you do bring the juice, man. And if and if you do one of the best jobs, if not the best job in the country, of tying in like mental performance principles into what you're talking about with, with spirituality and faith when you're delivering your sermons. And you've been an athlete yourself, you're an active mental performance coach who works with college teams on mental performance as well as um, you know, developing their faith and you were a high level college basketball official. So you come to this with a very unique perspective. And I wanted kind of just to give you the opportunity to maybe catch people up on what you're doing today to really blend together mental performance and spirituality. And then I want to make sure that we talk about your book, bring the juice, because it's literally one of my favorite and most fun books I've ever read, man. So I'm excited to get going, Steve, if you would, maybe let's start off with how, why did you see the need to try to blend, blend spirituality and and mental performance? Where did that kind of need fit in with your journey and your career as a coach? Yeah. So I've, I've, I've grown up in a pastor's home my whole life, pretty much. And then I became one. And then through pastoring, I started officiating basketball because it was like an outlet for me to stay around sports. But like, I just got to be me and everybody screamed at me. It's weird to say officiating was an outlet, uh, but, but it was, it was great. And then I joined this, um, uh, referee group uh, when I was doing it. And I heard a guy talking about, I work with this mental performance coach. His name is Brian Kane. I was like, what is that? Hmm. Right. And so I listened to his whole thing and I was like, I need that in my life. Like that's going to help me officiate because hmm. that's emotional, right? Everybody hates you. You only have your partners as your teammates, no matter good, bad call. They don't care. Right. It doesn't matter. Like nobody's your fan. Um, and, and really control what you can control. Right. So emotional management and trying to trying to manage those emotions. And so I, I went and looked your stuff up, started listening to it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I've been preaching the Bible my whole life and talking about how you think. But I was like, this guy's giving me like all the tools on how to actually do that. And so as I started using it with officiating, I just started using it in my sermons. I was like, hey, this actually I can say this well and put some, you know, scripture to it and some, my faith in it. And so that's kind of how those two got married. And then I kept working with you and I went through all the certification stuff and just kind of fell in love uh, with the performance coaching. And then by being an official, I had some official friends 
uh, that I got to start working with kind of guinea pig and like learning how to coach it, learning how to do it. Um, and then as I did that, right, it just kind of exploded and uh, got connected with other people. You've helped get me connected. Coach Bahoon's gotten me connected with different people, organizations. I had some friends like Marcus Cannon here, three-time Super Bowl champion for the New England Patriots. A uh, great friend of mine uh, got to work with him on some stuff and learn from him. And, uh, you, you know, I'm just showing this, but like Diego Sanchez in the UFC, those are his fight gloves from one of the fights. So uh, just pieces have started to fall into place. Um, and really for me, that's the spirituality. There's a, a, a scripture in Proverbs that says, show me a man diligent in all his ways and he'll stand before kings and not mere men. What that literally means is if you work hard at your craft, you're going to get the audience that you need to have. And so it's just kind of started to fall into place as I've just worked it and and made sure I was around the right people, learning from the right people, such as you, even Coach Bahoon, and and just you know making all these different friendships, relationships, and and and, and so that's kind of how I ended up marrying the two, um, and it was just easy for me because I, I once I really learned the mental performance world, I already knew the faith side, like that mm. was my whole life, right? Mm. So it was like, oh wow, this just easily integrates, like this is literally not hard for me at least to put it together. And I've been able to help athletes with that, talking them through it and making it make sense with their sport and their life, how it all works together. And they're, you know, the, the feedback I've gotten from all of them is like, man, this is, this is great. Like, this is very helpful to be able to do that. Well, it's funny. Cause a lot of times when I, when I, um, will do seminars or work with teams, I'll always have people in the audience or athletes, whoever's there come up to me and say, man, what you talk about aligns with the Bible. Like, did you create this program based off of biblical principles? And I'm always like, no, I created it off of what Ken Revisa taught me when I was at grad school at Cal State Fullerton, but that's awesome, right? Like I had, so so I've heard that a thousand times in my career. And someone once even asked me, they said, man, you should write a book uh, and make it themed around Jesus as a mental performance coach. And, and I was always like, man, that's a great idea. I just, that, that's, that's not my strength, but that's your strength, you know, and that's something that you could do. So what, what would you say are some of like the key principles? You know, we talk a lot here on coaching matters about the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery, obviously in your book, which I'm going to grab here, you have, um, your, your bring the juice framework, you know? So, uh, let's talk about that. Let's go into kind of, you know, your book that you wrote, which is awesome. Bring the juice. We'll put a link here uh, in the show notes below this, where people can get it. We'll put it in the chat here where you can get this on Amazon. I'll also put a link to Steve's, uh, coaching, uh, program and website, but Steve talk about kind of the principles you have here in bring the juice and how those principles are faith-based, but also tie back into like elite mental performance coaching, like you're doing with, you know, UFC fighters and Super Bowl winners and college teams across the country. Yeah. So in the book, we, we, we broke it down into Apple, right? It's the core principles of Apple. Uh, the A is anti-fragile mindset. Uh, the first P is present moment focus. Uh, the next P was proactive process. The L is leadership. The E is enthusiasm, also known as, right, bring the juice, right? Because if you're juiceful, as you've said it many times, you're juiceful, you're useful, you're juiceless, you're useless. And uh, so the way I really broke that down was like, we got to have the anti-fragile mindset, right? That's the core of the 10 principles, the the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery is I'm not a victim, I'm a victor, hmm. right? And if I want to stay a victim of every circumstance, I'm never going to grow, I'm never going to get better, right? We all have junk happen in our lives. We all have setbacks. We all have discouragements. Things happen for me in faith. The enemy does things. There's stuff that happens. Um, and really, we have to have a mindset that, um, you know, when I'm in church world, I talk about it. You know, it's the mind of, of what God talks about. Like, think on these things. It's it's actually a scripture I'll just share. It's Philippians 4, 8. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise, right? Mm -hmm. And it goes on and it talks about if there's anything praiseworthy, think on that thing. And right, when we're an elite athlete and we're an elite performance and we're getting weighed down and stuff, it's the donkey story, shake it off and step up, right? And that's in the book. We put that in here, right? And it's like, life's going to throw that on you. You've got to learn to shake that off and step up. And you've got to learn to find the good mm -hmm. in whatever it is, right? You talk a lot about the good with Jocko and right, good, good. Like you got to find the good. Because whatever you think about is what you're going to get. And so you got to have an anti-fragile mindset that's really like setting my mind to, to be on autopilot almost of I'm going to find what's good. I'm going to find what's pure. I'm going to find. And you got to do this with people. 
Mm. Right. Like you and I could dislike each other, but my personality is bent to say, which we don't dislike each other, man. I love you, bro. But like <laughs> we could dislike each other, but my personality has always been bent towards like, but there's something good about Brian. Like I can find something redeemable about him. Right. And, 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 and that's me being in pastoring world forever. Like that's my sure. job is to help pull the good out of people. So mental performance has helped me tremendously with doing that. But I mean, that's, I got to find the good in everyone. I got to try to find it because yeah, they may be difficult. They may be a difficult teammate. They may be a difficult player, difficult coach, but is there some redeeming quality that if I can focus on that, then I can try to pull out the best out of them. My teammates, mm. my coaches, my worker, you know, my employees, my employer, whatever it is. Right. So that's part of having that anti-fragile mindset. I'm not a victim of like their personality. Mm. Like, I don't care their personality. I can work with anyone. People tell me all the time, man, Stevie, you just like get along with anyone. And I'm like, well, because I, they may not like me either. Like I might rub Brian the wrong way. Coach Bahoon, I might rub him the wrong way. And they're gracious enough to still act like they like me. So you know what? I need to do that <laughs> for other people. Um, and so that's kind of the anti-fragile mindset. Present moment focus, right? We talk about it all the time. Be where your feet are. Steve, right. timeout. I'm gonna call. Right. I'm gonna call a timeout here, man. Blow the whistle Time and give us Sorry, the official thirty-second timeout. Stuff. Yeah, I'm give us the official stuff. Steve Smotherman thirty-second basketball <laughs> official timeout. I want to kind of chunk these out because I think I know what's happened. Knowing you, you're gonna get excited. Next thing you know, we're gonna blink and they're gonna go, "Hey, that was an hour. Whoa, what happened?" So let's slow down for one second. I just want to cover <laughs> some of these anti-fragile comp mindset principles so that our listeners, right, as they're taking notes, like this is what Steve Smotherman brings. Is he brings a framework that you can follow as a coach and you can implement in your program to help bring the juice. So we're talking about Apple. It's a five-part series, A, anti-fragile mindset. What I heard you say, and I'm going back through my Steve Smotherman Bring the Juice workbook, man, to take notes when I attended the event that you put on, which was epic. So you said, find the good. And then you said one, you said, adversity is your advantage. Mm -hmm. And I heard you say that victim to victor. Yeah. And I always want you to unpack victim to victor a little bit more because I remember uh, you know, a, a good friend of mine, who's a CEO of a company, he talked a lot to his sales team. He talked a lot to his team members about, we can't ever feel like we're the victim. We have to constantly be moving towards the, being the victor. Like it's not about victim. It's about ownership. Unta unpack that a little bit more for Steve. Like why do people feel like a victim? And then how do you help them as a coach and a pastor, get them to take ownership and start playing offense again? Yeah, I think most people, and, and myself included, right? We can all default to victim. Like, yeah. bad thing happened to me, and it wasn't my fault. I did everything I could do right, and I still struck out, right? Like, I did everything that I thought, but, man, I just I didn't get the call from the ump. I didn't get the, the call from the official, right? And then in life, right? Just anything. And I think what happens and why people go there is because that's what we're trained to do, mm. right? The world society doesn't exactly want to push us to great things. Think about marketing in general, right? Like any commercial you see, like the iPhone commercial, it's all about telling you you're not cool enough until you get this iPhone, mm. right? Like, and then you get it and you know what they're doing, but you still do it. And then you get it and you're like, oh, I feel cool. I got the new iPhone. But then five minutes later, what's the next thing? And I think we become so, because it's just so much, right? Like it's, I'm a victim of this. I'm not cool unless I have this. I'm not good enough unless I get this. And, and then oftentimes I think it's because once we start to succeed in life and in business, we then change what we're comparing ourselves to, mm. which is why sometimes we're never fully satisfied and don't ever feel like a victim. Because if you were to look back, Kane, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, mm. you would look back and say, but if I'm comparing myself to what I was a year ago, man. I've, I've achieved, I've yeah, been evolved for sure. Yeah. Right? And so a lot of times it's a comparison thing mm -hmm. and right. We've talked about it a lot. It's you versus you. It's not yeah. me versus anybody else because they can't play the cards for me. Mm -hmm. Like life dealt me, whatever those cards are, I got to just play that hand. Right. And I got to be willing to do that. And if I'm a victim, I won't play the hand. I'll be too afraid. I, I just won't do it. But to get people from victim to victor, you, you almost have to present it to them. Like, listen, you can stay stuck. And we can stay blaming people and we can end up at the end of our lives and have nothing to look back and say, man, I really did anything. Or we can choose to say, man, this sucks. Acknowledge it. This sucks. I don't like it, but I got to do something about it. 
right? I can't control what happens to me, but I can control how I respond to it. And that's that's really going from victim to victor. And for me personally, as a pastor, right? I looked at Jesus, right? He could have been a victim of everybody. They got crucified, all that, right? Victim, but he never did. It was like, I'm going to keep going because I have a prize in mind. I have a goal in mind, mm. right? And that's the thing too. When we're a victim, we're not looking at the, what are we going towards? Mm. A lot of times it's, I'm trying to get stuff to make me feel better. No, we need a goal. We need to go for something. What am I trying to be? What am I trying to become, mm. right? As you talk about, we got to close the gap from where I am to where I want to be, but you got to know where you want to be, right? I mean, that's what you, you've, I've heard you teach forever. Like you got to know where you want to go first uh, because otherwise we're, so that's really it. You got to know, Hey, I don't want to stay in this victim. So I want something different. And then you got to get a coach and someone that can help push you because it's hard to push yourself sometimes when you're in a victim mentality, it's very hard. So you want to get around people that aren't going to let you just make your excuses and aren't going to. You know, you're going to get around people that are going to call you out like you did to me, you know, recently, like Steve's going to try his first Ironman. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know about all that yet. But hey, I've been in the gym ever since you called me out. I have not missed the gym. Like I've lost a ton of weight. I'm like, even though I'm going to get a good baseline and then we're going to see what's going to happen. But ever since you did it right, it pushed me. And yeah. that's what you got to do. You got iron sharpens iron. You got to get yeah. around people that aren't victims because a lot of times, you know, misery, birds of a feather flock together. Mm. Pigeons fly with pigeons. Eagles fly with eagles, mm. right? And so if you're going to stay, listen, and eagles don't care about what the pigeons are doing. Mm. It's easy to be a pigeon because that's what everybody does. But if we want to be elite and we want to be great, we got to fly like eagles. You know what eagles do when the storm comes? The beautiful thing about an eagle, right? They fly right into the middle of that storm. And eventually they end up above it and they're looking down at the storm like I conquered this. So we got to get a little more eagle mentality versus pigeon mentality because I don't need to fit in. I wasn't created to fit in. Mm. I was created different. And everybody, everybody's unique. So anyway, yeah, I love, I love that, man. It's it, and it's and it's Steve. It, it was not a call out. It was a call up, my friend. Right? A call, a call <laughs> out would be call Steve. Up. You should go do an Ironman. And a call up is, hey, Steve, I'm going to do an Ironman. Why don't you come with me? Right? Yeah, so yeah, our yeah. coaches here who are saying, hey, you guys got to call each other out in your program and say, no, 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 let's call each other up. How do I call? The difference between a call out is you go do this, and a call up is I am going to do this because I believe this is what helps me be the best version of me, and I'm inviting you to come with me, man. So that's that's the call up. And what I, I want to do up. now before we move from anti-fragile mindset right into the first p of your apple core principles of present moment focus i'm going to have you unpack that for a second as i want to call up some of our coaches that are on the call and i want to call up some of our coaches in the coaching matters community that are listening to this right now and i want to take a minute and just let people know on the call that fundraising university is looking for talented individuals to join the team specifically a financial controller an operations manager and an executive assistant to the founder mike Bahoon. and i will share this with you that if you want to become the best version of you and you can get that executive assistant to Mike Bahoon, iron sharpens iron, man. And he's one of the most elite people I've been around. And if you can work with Mike, it's going to be hard because he's a go-getter, but it's also going to make you better. So if you're afraid of hard things, it ain't for you. But if you want to be the best version of you that you can be, that's a position that you want to be interested in. Also, Fundraising University is looking for members to join the team in a few key areas. North and West suburbs of Chicago, North Dakota, Ohio, Indianapolis, St. Louis, Arizona, and Georgia, as well as Columbia, South Carolina, and Charleston, South Carolina. So let me give those areas again. North and West suburbs of Chicago, North Dakota, Ohio, Indianapolis, St. Louis, Arizona, Georgia, go dogs, Columbia, South Carolina, and Charleston, South Carolina. And so if you're interested, head to the Fundraising University website and make sure you fill out a form there so that you can get more information about joining the team. Steve, back to you here. Let's unpack, if we can, the core principle that you teach in your Apple framework to bring the juice of present moment focus. Why is that such an important concept in mental performance and in your your your, your teaching of faith that you felt like it was worthy enough of being one of your five Apple core principles? Well, it's um, it, it, it's super important because if I'm, again, we've talked about it before in life, but like if I'm too far in the future, I'm no good here. If I'm back in the past, I can't execute here because those past mistakes or failures or even sometimes successes, if I'm trying to still live on that, I can't execute well here. And if I'm not here, I'm wasting the most important time of my life, which is this one. Why? Because it's the only thing I'm promised. Right. And so for me, it's, it's important with mental game uh, in the sense that no matter what it is you're doing, you're on a sales call, you are working with an athlete, you are an athlete, you are a coach. Well, you need to be present on that play call. You need to be present on that play, because if you're not and you're somewhere else, well, you're probably going to get beat on that play. 
right? If my mind is everywhere else and my focus is everywhere else, I gotta be where my feet are. Um, and, and then that works for me in faith in that, you know, sometimes when a lot is happening in life, because all of us have had a lot happen and a lot is happening, right? You ask anybody, what are, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. That's what everybody says, because everybody's busy, but are we effective, right? And, and we can be busy without being effective. We can just be busy with a lot of things. But if I'm going to be effective, I'm going to be present and I'm going to be on whatever this task is and I'm going to knock this task out and then the next thing and the next thing. And, and in faith, uh, it matters because I got to win this battle in my mind. I got to win this battle with whether it's a temptation or uh, whatever it might be, right? Because for me and my faith, I want to be somebody that is known as someone who's kind, who 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 responds well to people. Well, I can't let people get my goat then, right? Like I can't, I got, I got to stay present to say, wait a minute, if I blow this moment with this person, I may never get it again. And I feel such a responsibility, just not, not that I'm perfect because man, I blow this all the time. I blew it just the other day because I couldn't get some medicine for my kid because he had strep throat and the person at the pharmacy was just giving me attitude for no, I was actually being nice and they were giving me attitude. And I was like, ah, and I said something. I just, it wasn't really bad, but it was out of character for me to like respond in kind. And I was like, man, what if they know me? Cause where I live in Albuquerque, the church that I'm at is the biggest church in the state of New Mexico. Like pretty much everywhere I go, someone kind of knows who I am. And I was like, man, what kind of example did I just give by losing even that little moment, right? Because I wasn't present. I was worried about where do I need to go next and my disappointment that I couldn't find it. And so for me, it's all about what am I presenting to other people? Not that I'm trying to be fake, but I'm trying to also say, I need to set an example on how I'm doing some things, how I how I treat people. I want people to walk away saying, man, he treated me with kindness and respect. So in my conversation, like I'm present because if I'm not present in a conversation, who wants to talk to somebody who's not there? Right. So on the faith side, it's like I'm showing people that they matter because I'm listening to them and I'm engaging with them. And uh, I think it's Dr. Rob Gilbert talks all the time, right, about you don't need to be the most interesting person in the room, but you need to be the most interested person in the room. Right. Mm -hmm. And the most interested person actually becomes the most interesting because everybody loves to talk about themselves. That's life. Right. So I've learned the art of like, I'm present here and I actually listen to what they're saying and want to hear what they're saying. And as I do that, that present moment focus helps me win in relationships. It helps me win with clients and teammates and uh, even my kids. Right. It helps you win in those areas because I'm staying here. Like if I'm playing on the ground with my kids or watching my kids play, you know, you can get unpresent in that moment. And so I try to be super present, like I'm on the floor and I'm playing with you, not playing with you and answering emails, not playing with you and on a phone call. Right. So for me, with the faith and uh, athletic performance, mental performance work, it all goes together on if I'm present, I can win that moment. And that's all I can control. So I need to try to win every moment that I can, right? Or as you say, dominate the day, right? We got to dominate those moments and we got to win those moments and bring the juice in those moments. And so that's kind of where present moment focus goes for me. Love that. You know, and Steve, I know, I know as we continue to build this out, you know, that next core principle of the Apple framework is proactive process. So would you share with us, what, what is the, what does it mean to have a proactive process? Uh, the proactive process for me is that that's what protects me right? When, when I'm going through the emotion, like I've got to, I've got to get a process and then execute it, right? Get a plan and then execute and have a process when I'm performing. Uh, if I'm a sales rep, if I'm uh, whatever I'm doing, even for me, when I'm delivering a message and our church has any, you know, on a weekend, anywhere from 12 to 20,000 people, just depending on what it is. Right. And that's what I'm speaking to. And it's like, I need a good process, so that I give them something quality so that when they leave, they're not like feeling like they got gypped, like this dude didn't even care, right? I have a process on how I prepare it, how I deliver it, uh, how I, you know, and I go rewatch myself to, to, to fix my process if I miss something. Um, but that's, you know, success checklist. So when I'm preparing a, a message, I have a success checklist. Does the story make sense to me? Am I going in the route that I want to go? Is it is it all flowing together, right? Because that protects me so that when I'm up there, Right. I know where I was trying to go so that I don't, you know, sound like he doesn't even know what he's talking about or whatever. Right. It protects me because there's times where I'm preaching or speaking in front of an audience and you've probably been there and you're looking at them and they're just kind of staring at you. Right. <laughs> Especially when they're early in the morning. And it's like I, I got to I got to still go to my process so that I bring the same juice and energy to them, even if they're not giving it back to me. Right. Because sometimes 
audiences may not do it. So we got to bring it because you, you, you receive what you give. So if I'm going to give good energy, eventually I'll get it back. But the process will protect us through that, right? Our process protects us in sport, uh, right? Whatever our process and routines are um, and, and sticking to those when we don't feel like sticking to those, mm. Right. Sticking to those commitments. Right. What is it? The commitment has to be greater uh, than the feeling with which you made the commitment. That's when you're going to get real results. Right. Like you've got to stay committed. And that's what a process is. It's a commitment that I'm going to stick in my process. I'm going to do my habit share. I'm going to I'm going to do the things on my habit share. Right. Obviously, I'm not 100 percent on my habit share, but my goal is to be at least 80 percent. Right. And I think right now I'm like 79 percent. I'm like, good. Got it. Got to stick to it. Right. Uh, or and put more other things on it. And so that's what having a proactive process is that we again, this kind of goes to victim victor. A victor is not proactive. A victim is not proactive. A victim is reactive. A victor is someone who's proactive. Right. It's like probiotics versus antibiotics. Probiotics are to help us to 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 pre help prebiotics. Antibiotics is after we're already sick. So what can I do to help prevent that? Right. So that's why we got to be proactive. It's not just let life happen. It's like I'm going to go happen to life instead of life happening to me. Mm. So good, man. So good. And as we continue to kind of plow through these, these Apple core principles, you know, I love how you're tying them together for like specific strategies that coaches can use, but also tied back into biblical principles. So if you would, could you talk about the concept of, of leadership? But I know in the framework, you have some really good strategies to be able to take and to be taken from leadership. I'm just flipping to my notes here from, from the workshop that we did. And, you know, you talk about the leadership letter. You talk about the wall of mentors. You talk about the hundred days of one word holding the rope. I mean, there's so many, there's so many concepts in there that, that you do teach. I think that coaches can gravitate to and use. We probably could done a, done a call alone on leadership, you know? So if you're looking yeah. for those principles, again, uh, if you head over to BTJ, that's bring the juice, btjperformance.com. It's Steve's website. It's where you can check out his podcast. You can check out his book. I know you're working on an online training program that literally I got the live version, which was epic. Uh, but I know you're working on a, on a video version for people to go through the workbook that you have and they can pick up the book on your website, but talk to us, Steve, about leadership and maybe cover. I know there's a lot in there, but maybe cover what you feel like are the three biggest, most important bullet points that you use with your coaches in regards to leadership? Um, so one of them is getting coaches to understand that the leadership really drives your culture, uh, which then drives behavior, which drives results. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so the biggest thing for me with leadership, the biggest point is that leaders are servants. Like people don't exist to serve me. I exist to serve them. Right. And when we're working with a client, when you're working with uh, your teams, like as a coach, I'm serving these young, young men or young women or whatever it is. Like I'm serving them in the role as coach or uh, whether I'm doing sales things like I'm serving that client, that customer um, for me in those roles as a coach is that like I'm there to serve. I'm not there to be served. Right. And, and so I think that's number one that um, leadership is all about serving. And then it's about influence, right? Um, I want to have influence with people. So I have to act a certain way, carry myself a certain way. Um, and, and, and the best way I found to do that is to serve others. So really, man, serving others is the key to leadership. Like I'm not a positional leader. I'm an influential leader. Positional leader is you got to respect me because of the title I hold. But you can ask, we have at our church, I think we have 287 employees. Um, you know, when I'm working with each one of them, like I'll go around to the, to the, the maintenance staff and the custodial team all the time. And I say, Hey, you're a rock star. Thank you for doing that. We have a culture here that everybody's a janitor. So no matter what, if you walk around and you see trash on the ground, we pick it up. Mm. Like nobody leaves trash on the ground. It's just our culture of excellence. Leadership is also excellent. So I think it's service being excellent. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but it means we have to give a good effort and be excellent. And then I really, one of the, the, the big ones too, is the keep a one word intention. That has been huge in my life about like, what's my one word? And I, I change mine every about three months. Um, some days you could do the hundred days, whatever you want to do. Now mine's about every three months. I, I switch to something because I'm like, okay, I take it as seasons. There's four seasons for me every quarter, right? And it's like, what's my word this quarter? So I think when I first started doing 100 days of a one word, it was discipline, right? I just needed a little more discipline in my life with some of the things I said I wanted to do, which was such, such as writing a book, 
right? Like that took discipline to actually execute on that. It was an idea forever, but I finally got with the right people, made it happen, right? Um, and and the right people that did the come up, right? Or the call up, right? People like you, you, you called me up. You said, hey man, now you got that book idea, get it, get it rolling, right? So there you go. Um, and so that was my first word. Then my, you know, my next one was build because I was literally building my mental coaching business and the, the workbook and the online training. And so it was like, I was in a season of build. Now my season is, my word is excellence. So now that I've built it, now I'm going to be excellent at it. Right. Mm. And so it just kind of has evolved as I go. And so I think that's a huge one because it gives you something to focus on in that season. So what is the season you're in? If it's starting a new season with a new team. Okay. Well, what is that? What is that word that you can drive with your team that season, right? Execute, whatever it might be, pick a word, put a little definition to it, what it means to you, what it means to your team. And let's go focus on that. So we don't get too bogged down and like, we got all these focuses, man, that really narrows you in. And then everything has to match up with that. So then I look at my life, anything that's not excellent. I'm like, I need to either cut that out or do something about it. For me, going to the gym, wasn't excellent at it. All of a sudden, getting some excellence at it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm being super disciplined on that just because I was like, I need to do it. First of all, I need to do it. And then I had great friends around me that are like, let's go get it. So I'm like, all right, let's go get it, right? Let's go bring the juice in the gym. So for me, that's leadership. Servant, uh, being an influential leader by caring about your people and really staying in touch with what's going on. And then that one word focus, that would be my three biggest bullet points from all that's in the workbook and the book and all of that. While we're on that topic of leadership, Steve, is there, are there things that you do to help you get, become better as a leader? Like I know you've got a good connection with John Maxwell and Maxwell has a book called the daily reader and there's a ton of leadership principles in there. Um, you know, I know, I know you've gone through different, different books on leadership. You know, is there anything that you feel like you do to help you as a leader to be your best that other coaches might benefit from maybe a podcast you listen to or a book that's been influential for you. So some of the things that I do consistently, I actually, I, I do know John Maxwell. We've known him pretty well. So I've gotten to be friends with him where he's kind of a mentor to me, right? He, he's on my wall of mentors. As you mentioned, wall of mentors, different people that are on that. He's on mine. Um, actually, I'm still working with him. He might even still write an endorsement for this, uh, which if he does, I'm going to do it, put it, put it on there somewhere. But uh, we were talking about it the other day, me and his team. So, uh, you know, some of the things I do, I've read a lot of his books. That's one. But 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 more than just reading them, I always take whatever the leadership book is and I try to take one thing from it. If it's just one thing and I apply it to my life, mm. because I think a lot of times with leadership, we get a lot of theory, but then we don't apply it. So good leaders apply things. So I do that. Um, my daily thing is I, I listen to my own podcast every day because I make sure that I'm living in alignment with that. So that's Bring the Juice Daily with Steve Smitherman Jr. It's on uh, Apple and um, Spotify. I listen to that every day just to say, hey, am I living in alignment with what I said? Right. Because once you say it, it's like I need to actually be about that. So I need to make sure. So I listen to that. So that challenges me as a leader to be who I say I am right? It's character is who you are in the dark. Integrity is who you are in the dark. I need to be that guy, mm -hmm. right? Rather than just say I'm that guy. Um, I do listen to your podcast every single day, uh, Mental Performance Daily. Um, that helps me grow because it's great concepts. I call Success Hotline every day. I also listen to our other friend, Zach Sorensen's podcast, The Heart 90. I get that Monday through Friday. Those are some of the podcasts I specifically listen to. I'm more of a quick podcast guy, right? I, uh, just because I want something that's like, uh, and then I, can I apply that? So I listen to like yours. I'm like, what do I need to apply from that today? And then what I do is I, I listen to all those as I drive to the office. And then I also listen to the Bible. What can I apply from that? I usually get a Proverbs in every day, plus my other reading, but Proverbs is just all wisdom and all kinds of stuff. So I'm like, what can I apply from that? So I drive into work usually. And then I sit at my desk and I'm like, okay, from everything I just listened to, what am I going to get better at today? And those are some of the things I do. Um, and then another, a few other things I do to get better is I do, I walk around our offices and I walk around people. I'll send text messages to people. Hey, thinking about you. Hey, praying for you. Hey, uh, I, I've sent you those before, right? Like mm -hmm. it's just, it's just letting you know, like, Hey man, I'm really thinking and praying for you. And I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, that that's helping me be a leader because again, it's service, right? I'm, 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 I'm being something for somebody or, you know, maybe it's just an encouraging word someone needs. Well, that's what a leader does. A leader brings encouragement, not discouragement, right? A leader calls people up, 
not cause them out. As you said, I love that. I'm going to use that. You're going to hear that in a sermon soon. And it's going to be like, I know where he got that from. And I'm going to be like, I probably won't even give you credit, man. I might. No, don't I'm not gonna... need it. Cause it's not mine. I don't know where I got it from. I'll be like, I, got I didn't make up with friend, it, man. I heard it. It was incredible. Yeah. I didn't make that up. You know I mean? I think that's one of the things leaders do is they play follow the leader, you know? And when you play follow the leader and you follow a lot of leaders, like you listed a ton of good, good resources there from the Maxwell daily reader to Zach Sorensen's hard 90 to mental performance daily to success hotline. You, you, great great leaders play follow the leader. And I think that's one of the things that like, if you're a coach and you're playing this for your captains on your team, like the best captains often play follow the leader and they just execute what the coach is asking them to do. And I think too many times, Steve, and I'm interested in what, what you're taught, what you are doing too. Right. When we talk about like having, having a, a coach, that does leadership training with their team and a coach that doesn't do leadership training with their team. The coach that does leadership with their training gets the leaders that they create. The coach that doesn't do leadership training gets the leaders that they have, which typically is, is not very good because most people think that leadership is a born trait, not a trained skill. Uh, in your experience as a, as a mental performance coach working with colleges and you know high school teams across across the country, what are some things that you see high school coaches do that make a difference in developing student athlete leaders? Some of them that I've seen, um, they have intentional leadership moments mm. as a part of their practice. And like one of the great coaches, he's actually in New Mexico. Um, he actually works at our school now. He's one of the most winningest coaches in all of New Mexico history, high school history. He's actually our, our boys head coach. We have an academy here as well. Um, he's our boys head coach. I hired him. And uh, one of the things, the reasons I did is because his whole concept was like, I'm building men and women for life and I, not just for my season. Right. And I've seen coaches that do both that don't, like you said. And so one of the things he does is in his practice, every time he starts it off with like leadership discussion, like here's how we lead. Here's how we carry ourselves. Here's how we do some things. And I've noticed what happens is he does that. Then they get into practice, man, those boys, give so much more effort because it's like, no, we got to be leaders and leaders set the tone leaders. said so he's any, he, he actually uses the John Maxwell uh, daily reader. That's what he uses with them. Uh, now that you said that, but like I've watched that and I've seen that, like when there's an intentionality to it, um, it, it really makes a difference, um, you know, because some leadership is caught, but I believe a lot or most of it is taught, mm. right? Like I, I think some people have natural charisma, but charisma doesn't necessarily make a great leader uh, because we've seen throughout history, very charismatic people throughout the course of human history, super charismatic, did terrible things with that leadership. Right. Mm. So we're trying to create good leaders who do good things and and make the world a better place, not a worse place or harm people. Right. And so that's what I've seen with the, the best coaches. It's that they they have intentional time for that and they train it just like we're training mental performance, just like they're training their physical skills. Like you could train them to shoot a basketball all day long and that's good. They need that for that. But man, if you want the most out of that kid, right. Or that, that young man, young woman, adult, whoever it is, Right. There's got to be some leadership to that so that when they're shooting the basketball, when they're executing, when they're working on it, it brings a different thing. They hold their teammates in a better accountability. They work together well. They work through controversy better, the adversity in the game. You have a whole team of a bunch of lions and a bunch of uh, a bunch of leaders. You're going to you're going to see a team that fights through adversity. Well, that doesn't go to victim on the court. Oh, woe is me. The referees are terrible. Now I'm talking like a ref. <laughs> the referees are terrible. They're so bad. And that's why we're losing. Well, maybe you're losing because you're, you're just losing. Maybe, maybe it's not that. Maybe the other team's just better. And it, maybe the referees are bad. They're humans too. They're not perfect. I tell, I used to tell coaches all the time, listen, yeah, you're right. I missed that call. I had a coach screaming at me. You, you, how many good games have you missed? I'm like, a lot. Like you're missing this. I know it happens, but I mean, it's just what it is. But if you want to have good leaders and, and you're intentional about it, man, it helps them so much face adversity. We do that. I do that with my staff here. Like we do intentional leadership discussion and then application. So I'll follow up with them. How have you applied that this week? I don't just give them the theory. It's like, here's this. How did you apply it this week? So I've seen some great coaches that are like following up. I wanted you to execute this. Tell me how you did it this week. So each week they start talking about, here's how I applied that. 
here's a situation that I was in that needed the leadership. Does that, does that make sense? Like that's, that's the best, some of the best practices that I've seen. It's awesome. So we're here with Steve Smotherman, mental performance coach, pastor. We're talking about spirituality and coaching, going through his bring the juice core principles, have both his live training program turning in soon. Steve, when do you think that will be done? Your online training program for coaches? My, to use my goal is to have that done quarter one quarter of one. 2023. Awesome. So we'll, uh, a lot of coaches that will want to take their team through it, you know, and then you've got your book currently, they can get at the website, btjperformance.com. And they can pick it up on Amazon. And we've talked about anti-fragile mindset, present moment focus, proactive process and leadership. And Steve, we're going to go to the E of your Apple core principles of enthusiasm. Talk about the importance of enthusiasm. But I just want to take a minute before we do that to, again, say thank you to Fundraising University for sponsoring our Coaching Matters call this evening. I'd like to congratulate them for their updated ranking of number 79, cracked into that top 100, baby. Let's go on our way to number one of the entrepreneurs list of new and emerging franchises for 2022. What an accomplishment as there's over 6,000 competing franchises. So bigger and brighter and great things still coming, you know, for Fundraising University. And with that said, Fundraising University is looking to add franchise owners as well as corporate sales reps who would like to transition into franchise ownership in the future. So they're looking for people who are self-starters. They're competitive, they're coachable, they're organized, and they can show empathy and understanding to the student-athlete experience. And to learn more about those opportunities, please visit coachingmatters.org slash join our mission. And it's written join dash our dash mission. But I also posted the link here in the chat. So again, it's coachingmatters.org and then search for join the mission. Steve, let's come back to you. Talk to us about enthusiasm. Why you thought enthusiasm was so important to be the fifth core principle of your five and the bring the juice framework. And then how enthusiasm ties in with mental performance and spirituality. Yeah. So for me, this one just in, encompassed the whole thing. Like I'm going to enthusiastically have an anti-fragile mindset. I'm going to enthusiastically be where my present moment focus. I'm going to enthusiastically have a proactive process. I'm going to uh, be an enthusiastic leader because attitude is contagious. Hmm. Right. And again, we've said it, if you're juiceful, you're useful. If you're juiceless, you're useless. Um, and I don't want to be somebody who's useless to the world. Like there's enough energy vampires in the world uh, we need to be energy givers, not energy takers. Right. And, and it's not that hard to smile. Right. Like it, you can start with just smiling. Some people it's like they've probably never seen a smile. Well, start smiling at them. Right. And, and, and again, you just smile. It doesn't take that much to smile. Like I can do it right now. Oh, I don't feel like smiling. That's great, but that's a victim mentality. That's not a victor mentality. That's mm. that's a fragile mindset mentality. I don't feel like smiling sometimes either but I have to smile, right? Because I need to be infectious to the world in a good way. So for me, enthusiasm means I'm going to attack my, my present moment with enthusiasm. I'm going to attack my process with enthusiasm because I'd, I'd, I'd much rather enjoy the process than dread the process. Hmm. And that's a choice I get to make. That's a choice we all get to make. So for me, enthusiasm encompasses all of that right? Acting different than how you feel. I don't have to feel enthusiastic to start acting enthusiastic. And then I just hang on till I catch on, right? Mm -hmm. As I begin to act my way into feeling, I, I okay, I'm enthusiastic, right? You're going into a, a, a team meeting, a setting, whatever that you're just not excited about. Well, a lot of times people walk in there and it's like, you could tell they're not excited. I need to go show excitement if I want to get excited. Right. I need to go into that thing that I'm dreading. And it's like, no, let's just go in there with some enthusiasm. It doesn't take much effort for me to smile and enthusiasm. I have full control over. Mm. I control my attitude. Nobody else gets to control that. Nobody else gets to control my energy. Nobody else gets to control if I smile or if I don't smile. I get to control that control what you can control. So for me, enthusiasm is all about being useful and making a difference with my infectious, con contagious attitude, right? And being different than everybody else. Maybe everybody else is not fun to be around. I want I want to be someone that, man, you get around me and you're like, let's go. I'm amped up. Like when I get around you, Kaner, it's like, dude, I can run my head through a, <laughs> a, a, a board. I think I did that with you before. Yeah, right? you did. Yeah, 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 like, for sure. I'm like, I'm a savage when I'm with Kaner. Like, let me get around Kaner because I'm going to be like, ah, let's go. Oh, we can I love it. Anything, right. And I love so it. Like, I want to be that for people. Right. Because 
I can go be around him and just, hey, how's it going? No, man, I'm coming in. I'm bringing life to this party. I'm bringing life to this environment. I'm bringing life to this team. We might be 0-16. I don't care. I'm still going to attack that next game with enthusiasm. I'm going to have a ridiculous hope that maybe we can just win. But we're going to, even if we lose, and I learned this from my dad growing up. He was my coach when I was little. He was like, listen, I don't care if we're down by 100. We never stop fighting. That's what I was taught my whole life. We never stopped fighting. We never stopped trying. And I remember as a little kid, I would get in trouble after games if I was like, if I gave up. He was like, we don't ever give up. We always keep going. I don't care if you're down by 100. They're going to know you showed up that day. And so, like, that's just carried in my life, right? Like that, having an I can attitude. I remember playing basketball as a kid. Every time we were at the free throw line, my dad would be yelling from the sideline, hey, Steve. And I was what, dad? Say I can. And I wasn't allowed to shoot the free throw until I said I can. Okay, I can. Because that gets you in the right mindset. Instead of like, I'm going to miss it. No, I can make this. Mm, mm. I got it. I'm okay. I'm okay, right? So an I can attitude, a bring the juice attitude, just a mentality that says we can do this. Like it may be impossible, but it's only impossible because I haven't shown up yet. Mm. Maybe impossible because I haven't done it yet. Someone's not done it. So we're going to go do it. Right? And if you take the word impossible and you put an apostrophe between the I and the M and a space between the M and the P, you get impossible. And Steve, yeah. I think one of the things coming off of this call, man, is like the enthusiasm is contagious, brother. You know, I mean, the, the you talking about the anti-fragile mindset, the present moment focus, the proactive process, the leadership, the enthusiasm, the five Apple core principles. And one of the things that fired me up, man, it's like. I don't know how you put all this together, but it was so it's it's so good, man. When I look at you have in your book, you have the apple seed creed. Ah, and yeah. I want to read the apple seed creed, man, because when I think what a creed is, right, is a creed is a statement of belief. And it's a statement of belief that says, here's who we are. And if you're a coach and you're running, you're you're running a program and you're, you know, I remember being with SMU football and their core principles. I, I, we, I remember we used to say it before every team meeting. I was with him for, for 50 days a year, for three years, I haven't embedded, right? And it's, we are accountable and do what we say we were going to do. We have the energy and work ethic to compete at the highest level. We are physically and mentally tough and overcome all adversity that comes our way. We are a family that always puts the team first. We are disciplined to do what's right at all times. We have the confidence, belief, and faith that our process will bring results. We are a band of one-play warriors. We are SMU. And they would say that before every meeting, before every practice, before every game. And it's now a part of me. And I remember this past year, I'm at the Waste Management Open golf tournament out here in Phoenix, which you need to come to. And I ran into four guys from SMU who were there for a bachelor party who I hadn't seen in five years. And, you know, Waste Management, they, they I think they probably sell more beer at the Waste Management in four days than maybe the rest of the country does in those four days all combined. And they're having a great time. And I'm sitting there and I see him and talk to him. And I grab one guy in the middle of it. I go, hey, Chase. Give me the, give me the pony up creed. And he goes, Oh man, I should have known you were going to ask me, hang on. And he flips the switch and he gives it. And I think for coaches to create that creed, which is a statement of belief around your core principles is something that you've actually put together and created, whether they take yours and use the apple seed creed by going through the bring the juice framework, or they use your outline here to create their own. Right. And you say, we are anti-fragile and make adversity our advantage. We are present and stand firmly where our feet are. We are proactive, have a plan and execute. We lead with intention and integrity. We have unmatched enthusiasm and bring the juice. And if you can live that way, if you can live with that anti-fragile mindset and make adversity your advantage, if you can be present and stand firmly where your feet are, if you can be proactive, have a plan and execute, if you can lead with intention and integrity and you can bring unmatched enthusiasm and bring the juice, dude, you can't lose. Can't lose. Steve, the work that you have put together here, man, is incredible. Um, and I know we're running out of time here, man. It's the fastest probably 50 minutes of my life. But I got to ask you, where else can our coaches find you? I know they can get your book. They can check you out at btjperformance.com. They can get your daily podcast in Spotify or Apple. It's called The, the Daily Juice. Is that right? Yeah, Bring the Juice Daily. With bring Steve the Juice Daily. Daily. Okay. So they can get that there. Where can they engage with you on social media? And if a coach wants to reach out to you, is there a phone number? Is there an email? What's the best way for them to get a hold of you if they yeah, want to get so, more juice? Uh for on Instagram and Twitter. I'm mostly on Instagram, but I have both. It's Steve underscore BTJ. So just Steve underscore BTJ if you want to get with me on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and then the best email, you can also go through my website. This same one goes to the contact form, but it's just juicecoach1 at gmail.com. Uh, number one or O-N-E? Number one. 
So juicecoach1 at gmail.com. And that's the best way because that helps me get my schedule and my assistant helps me with doing all that. And so juicecoach1 at gmail.com, Steve underscore BTJ. Then you you said you can get the book um, on Amazon. Uh, And, you know, I'm biased. I love this book. I think it's great. It's an easy, quick read. Great little story on Apple Core Principles. So. It's awesome. It's awesome. And and I think the cool thing, um, Steve, which I didn't know this until you shared this with me on the air before we got recording here and rolling, is right behind you, obviously. You got a jersey of a Super Bowl champion, three-time Marcus Cannon. You got the UFC gloves from Diego Sanchez. The little box that's behind you looks like a baseball card. Talk about the connection between that and the book as we wrap this up. So if you read the book, I know my lights are kind of on it, but if you read the book, the, 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 the main character's name is Trey Thomas, and he meets his old coach who's coach Mickey. Well, in my life, uh, my outside of my father, my first hero was my PE teacher and coach who taught me how to play golf, taught me sports in Roswell, New Mexico, of all places. His name was Mick Reeves or Mickey Reeves. He was a Gatorade All-American. He went to Arizona State, played for Mike Martz. He was a defensive back with them. Then he left college football to go play baseball. And he got up to trade. This is his rookie card with the with the Cubs. Um, you know, he played with the, the Chicago Cubs. So crazy athlete. Right. And so as a little kid, that's like your hero. Yeah. And this guy meant a ton to me. And so when I was writing my book and I was even talking to you about it, Kaner, when we were kind of going through the book, his brother just recently gave me this. Well, last year during the state football, uh, high school state football championships, he's he's an offensive coordinator for one of the teams that wins year in and year out. Well, at halftime, of the state championship game, he's writing a play on the board. He goes in, uses the restroom. As he walks out, he falls dead of a heart attack. Mm. Last year, uh, around this time, November, early, you know, late November, early December. And I was sitting at his funeral and I was working through the thoughts of my book. And it just hit me like, that's who I want this book to really be in honor of is Coach Mickey. And so his brother uh, just recently came and said, hey, I wanted you to have this. Mick would love that you have this. And so he gave me his rookie card. So that's there as like a constant reminder, like, man, this guy taught me. I remember throwing golf clubs on a golf course as a kid. He said, Hey, we don't throw our golf clubs. I said, what do you mean? He said, listen, those are expensive. Those are your tools. He said, they're not the problem. It was you. (laughs) So he taught me, he was teaching me mental things before I knew what it was. I was 13, 14 years old right? Teaching me how to swing a golf club, teaching me how to keep my composure instead of losing my cool. And so anyway, that's, this is his rookie card. So it's just super special, sentimental to me. Um, and he's, he's the coach or the guide that's in uh, the bring the juice storybook. And so it's awesome. Awesome, yeah. man. It's so cool to honor him and tie that back again. We're here with Steve Smotherman. If you can check him out on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Steve underscore BTJ. You want to drop them a personal email. It's juicecoach, the number one at gmail.com. And you can check out his website, btjperformance.com. That's bring the juice, btjperformance.com. Steve, I tell you what, man, I read this book and I couldn't put it down, bro. I mean, it's, it's took me about 90 minutes to read, uh, smashed it on a flight coming home this weekend from LA and dude, you crushed it. One of the best and most fun books I've ever read and jam packed with content. So highly recommend our coaches check it out again. Special thanks to Mike Bahoon and the team at fundraising university for sponsoring the coaching matters group coaching program and podcast. Steve, you brought the juice, man. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Don't count the days, make the days count and have yourself a great new year, brother. Thanks man. You too. Appreciate uh, thanks everybody. Dominate the day. Thank you.